Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, we're so excited to celebrate our 50th episode this week, so thank you for your continued support. I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a break next week on September 1st, but make sure that you come back for the next episode on the 8th, which will actually be our one-year anniversary. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week. And I guarantee you, you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. Today, we're talking about an animal that's small, but could be deadly. You may be creeped out by them, but I think that by the end of the podcast, you'll have an appreciation for them. And I hope you like to travel, because we're heading to many different habitats all over the world to talk about scorpions. thousand different scorpion species, and they're widely known for their dangerous venom. But in reality, only 30 or 40 of those species have strong enough venom to kill a person. The rest of the species have stings that hurt about as much as a bee sting. Scorpions are also well known for their really segmented and curvy tail, with the venomous stinger at the tip of it and their pincers at the front of their body. But what are they? They kind of look like an insect, or you'd think they could be related to lobsters and crabs because of their pincers, but they're actually arachnids, meaning that they're closely related to spiders and ticks. Depending on their species, they can be all types of different sizes. One of the biggest species is the black emperor scorpion, which is found in Guinea. Their body length is about 7 inches long, and they can weigh around 2 ounces. The longest scorpion, also known as the rock scorpion, is found in South Africa, and they can get to be around 8.5 inches long. But the smallest species is the Caribbean scorpion, which is just about a half an inch long. And even though large scorpions can look extremely intimidating, the smaller ones are usually the ones with more deadly venom. Scorpions usually like to live in the desert. In the dry climate, they're the most diverse and abundant but they can also live in forests all over the world. Forests in Brazil, British Columbia, North Carolina, and even the Himalayas. The species that live in the deserts are usually yellowish or dark brown, and those found in forests or moist habitats are more likely brown or black. And I'm sure you can all guess why that is. It's a great source of camouflage to blend in with your environment. Scorpions have been on Earth for hundreds of millions of years because of their unique evolutionary adaptations, and that's something I'm going to touch on throughout the episode. And if you thought scorpions are scary today, you might not want to think about what they were like back then. Some extinct species of scorpions were massive compared to them now. Fossils of two species measured 14 inches to 3.5 feet long. But aside from their size... The anatomy of scorpions hasn't really changed much since the Silurian period, which was around 400 million years ago. 
And throughout history, the scorpion has been used as a symbol of many different things. In legends and fables, scorpions were usually portrayed to be evil, and the ancient Greeks' respect for scorpions led them to name a constellation Scorpius. Yes, you guessed it, that's the zodiac sign Scorpio. Scorpions have 18 segments, which is more than any other arachnid, and they also have 8 legs, including their pincers, just like spiders do. They have an exoskeleton made out of a tough and protective molecule called chitin. And on top of the exoskeleton is an outer layer called a cuticle. Unlike mammals, scorpions also have an open circulatory system. What this means is that scorpions' blood is not enclosed in arteries and veins, but instead mixed with interstitial fluids, which are fluids found within cells. There are three major regions that form the body of the scorpion. Starting at the front, there's the prosoma, which has six segments. Each segment has a pair of appendages. On the prosoma, they have the pincers, which are used to kill their food, for defense, courtship, burrowing, and even walking. The prosoma is also where scorpions have their eyes. They have one pair on top of their head and two to five pairs along each side, so they can have up to 12 eyes. And despite all of those eyes, they can't actually see very well. Their eyes are mainly used to tell the difference between light and dark and also look at movement, which is how they detect their prey. Next is the mesosoma. This region has seven segments and includes the body part of the scorpion. And their tail is the final region, called the metasoma, composed of five different segments. And this includes the anus and the stinger. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to talk about how scorpions catch their food. On this episode of Notable Figures in Science, I want to recognize someone that you might already know about, Dr. Jane Goodall. She was a primatologist from England who was known for her work studying chimpanzees. But she didn't study them in a lab, she lived among them in their natural habitat to understand their behavior. And she falsified the previous notion that chimpanzees were just simple creatures. She found out that they know how to use tools, have strong bonds, and communicate with each other. After making these observations, she founded two organizations, the Jane Goodall Institute, which actively works to protect apes, and Roots and Shoots, which helps young people create change in their communities. She revolutionized what we know about chimpanzees, which has benefited their conservation tremendously. If you want to learn more about Dr. Goodall or this series in general, check out onwildlife.org. Let's talk about how scorpions catch their prey. Like every organism, scorpions are built to fit their environment. This is especially true for their venom. It's unique to each individual species, and it's tailored to fit where they live and the prey that they eat. The most common prey of scorpions are spiders, insects, and other scorpions. Less common prey includes pill bugs, snails, lizards, snakes, and even rodents. So as you can see, they'll eat just about anything, and this is one of the reasons why they've been able to live in so many different ecosystems for so long. There is only one known specialist scorpion species which only eats burrowing spiders. 
Okay, so here's where you might start to get the creepy crawlies. They can only digest food in liquid form, and they have a way to make this work. They use their chelicerae, which are little pincer-like appendages in the front of their mouth, to tear small amounts of food from their prey. They move it into a pre-oral cavity located outside of the mouth, and digestive juices from their gut are released onto the food in order to break it down further. The digestive material is then sucked in by the scorpion. Any material that's not edible to the scorpion, such as an exoskeleton, is trapped in the pre-oral cavity and then ejected. So they basically turn their prey into soup before eating it. Scorpions use a sit-and-wait strategy to catch their prey. This means that they remain motionless until prey moves into their ambush zone, and then they'll attack. Some species do like to hunt their prey instead of using this technique, though. And scorpions are really good at picking up vibrations from the ground. Some species can even detect airborne vibrations of flying insects using their eyes. These behaviors are advanced enough that they can determine the precise distance and direction of their prey. But they don't always use their stinger to attack. If the prey is too large or aggressive, scorpions will sting them, but if not, they'll hold them with their pincers. And this is because it takes a lot of energy to produce venom, so scorpions only sting when they absolutely need to. Younger scorpions have also been found to use their stingers more than older ones. And scorpions can have up to 45 different types of toxins in their venom, and the toxin released depends on the type of prey that they have, like I said before. Some are more useful for insects, some on crustaceans, some on other types of prey. The venom subdues their prey and also helps to protect them from their predators, like centipedes, owls, bats, and coyotes. But in some places like the desert, food can be really hard to come by. That's why when food is scarce, scorpions are able to slow their metabolism down to one-third of their average rate. This allows them to barely use any oxygen and live on one insect a year. Imagine eating one meal and not having to eat again for the entire year. But even with their slow metabolism, they're still able to spring into action at any moment to hunt their prey or when the opportunity arises. Male and female scorpions look different from each other, and we call this sexual dimorphism. The main way to differentiate between males and females is the shape of their body. Males are typically more slender and have longer tails. Breeding for scorpions is seasonal and typically occurs in warmer months, and males can travel really long distances to find a mate. Females emit a pheromone at the end of their abdomens that helps males find them. And when we think about courtship behaviors, we usually think about birds, but these guys do them too. To begin, the male faces and grasps the female with his pincers. The pair then dances. Just like ballroom dances, the male scorpion leads his potential mate. Then they move sideways and backwards. They do the dance because it helps them find a smooth surface to finish mating on. Males that stay near the female too long risk being killed or eaten by the female. And females tend to mate multiple times. In some species, the female must mate after each clutch of offspring is produced in order to fertilize another clutch of eggs. And in other species, females can store sperm from a single mating and produce multiple clutches from that one mate. And there are at least two species that can reproduce without even mating. 
Something that's really strange about scorpions is that females give birth to live young instead of eggs, and this is really uncommon in animals that aren't mammals. The embryos grow in the females for several months to a year, and then the birth process can last several hours to several days. And in a clutch, they can have from one baby to a hundred babies at a time. Females devote a lot of time and energy to their offspring. And after it's born, the young scorpion crawls onto the mother's back, where it stays for a period ranging from 1 to 50 days. And during this time, the young are really defenseless. They don't even eat. Instead, they use the food reserves that they already have in their bodies. They even get water from their mother's exoskeleton. And during this time, the young molt their exoskeleton, and then they grow a new one that's fully functional. The young leave their mother soon after they first molt. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, I'm going to talk about some more really cool ways that scorpions have adapted to survive. Time for today's trivia question. How was the Earth's atmosphere formed? A. Meteors B. The Earth's gravitational pull or C, volcanic activity. The answer is C. Volcanoes erupted and released a lot of different types of gases, and those gases are what we have in our atmosphere today. Okay, welcome back. Scorpions are as tough as they get. They can survive in some of the most extreme environments on the planet. During a study, researchers found that these scorpions had frozen overnight, so they put them in the sun the next day and found out that they had thawed out and walked away. And they're also extremely adaptable. One species, named Euscorpius carpathicus, lives above ground but can also live in caves and intertidal zones, which are places where the ocean and the land meet. Another type of scorpion can live at sea level or 9,900 feet above ground in the mountains. But there is one thing that scorpions really can't live without, and that's soil. They're burrowing creatures that depend on it for their survival, so if there's no loose soil, the scorpion will probably not survive. Their burrows are small and snug, and they use them to stay cool during the hot days and hot during the cool days, and they also use them to hide from predators. They can even use it to hide from their prey until it passes by so that they can wait and attack. Another cool adaptation that they have are called setai, or movable bristles. They form combs on their legs so that they can walk on the sand without sinking or losing traction. Scorpions are also nocturnal, so they really hide in their burrows during the day. But luckily for us, they actually glow in the dark under ultraviolet light. This makes it easy for scientists to follow them and study their natural behavior at night. And the crazy part about this is that we don't even know why scorpions glow in the dark under UV light. But we do know that a layer within the cuticle layer, called the hyaline layer, is what reacts to the UV light causing the glow. This hyaline layer is incredibly strong, and scientists have even found fossils of scorpion that still glow under UV light. 
One hypothesis for why they might glow is that it works as a sunscreen. Another hypothesis states that the glow confuses predators, making them easier to catch for the scorpion. I would love to know what you think, so if you have an idea, you can always email us at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. In some habitats, scorpions are the most successful and important members of the ecosystem. In some desert ecosystems, the population density exceeds all other species except for ants and termites. Despite being extremely venomous, scorpions are valuable prey, too. They're large and abundant. Owls, lizards, snakes, frogs, toads, and rodents have all been known to eat scorpions. But there are some species of scorpion that have declining populations and are in need of our help, such as the black-legged burrowing scorpion. Why are they threatened? Well, one reason is because of habitat loss caused by humans. Another reason is climate change. But a big issue right now is the pet trade. Even though they might be creepy, there are many people who want to have scorpions as pets. This means that they're taken out of their environment and sold, but they're really not meant to be pets at all. There aren't too many organizations just helping out scorpions, but there are some that are helping all arachnids in general. You should definitely take a look at the International Society of Arachnids, the International Arachnological Society, and the IUCN Spider and Scorpion Specialist Group. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of scorpions. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. You can also take a look at our merch on our website. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details.